Hey, get your Bibles out tonight. If you don't have one, there's one in front of the seat in front of you. There's three of us going to be speaking tonight, so we're speaking 45 minutes apiece. So that's only, what, that's, yeah, that's all we get is 45 minutes. Just kidding. But tonight, we want to do something a little bit different. How many of you have read the Christmas story more than 25 times? You've heard it more than 25 times or read it more than 25 times? If you had to recite it, how many of you could put the Christmas story in order? Who could put the Christmas story in order? You had to go from the birth, our, our prophecies, to birth, to dedication when he got his name, Jesus, to fleeing to Egypt. Could you do the, could you put it in order? Well, so many times as children, if you're not careful, we sing songs like we just sang, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, or different songs. It's very slow songs in a different culture, different era. still means a lot to us. But when you go out to eat with someone uh, and you want to recognize them or make fun of them, I'm not sure what exactly we do as, a, as in America, but uh, we want to embarrass them in some way or we really want to bring recognition. We usually tell our waiter or waitress, hey, today's her birthday. I especially love doing it to my wife. Even if it's not her birthday, I love doing it because I had to pay for the dessert. So I just love for people to come and sing happy birthday to her no matter what time it is. And so many times in the church, we talk about the birth of Christ. We have uh, Christmas Eve services and, and we have Christmas Day services. And, and we sometimes can just lose it, if you know what I mean. And so tonight I want to read the story. We're going to read it in chronological order. We won't get through the whole story tonight, I can tell you that. I want you to read with us as we go through and I just recruited these guys, so if they make any mistakes on pronunciations, I've just recruited them this evening, because you hear me speak all the time, but I like to hear different folks read the scriptures. So we're going to take turns reading scripture, and we're going to go together, and listen, here's the message. Look at, look at the screen, if you would. It's all about the child in the manger, in the manger. And we're going to be looking at Jesus tonight, and especially Mary, Joseph, and other players, if you will, in the Christmas story. So we're going to begin tonight, and let me pray before we begin feeling kind of lightheaded tonight. Did you ever have one of those nights where you're like probably dehydrated, too much heat? Some of y'all didn't have hot water. Anybody have hot water freeze? Anybody, I know it's two, at least two, their hot water froze up. And, and so we do have folks in our church that has made room, and we have room in our home now. Well, we, we won't tonight because I just found out we're having extra guests coming. Uh, but we, uh, we, we have some folks in our church that have extra rooms that says anyone needs a place to sleep, Matter of fact, it's Martin and Chong, and they've put me and Wendy up. We lost power last year, so we went over and got hot showers and, and had a nice place to sleep and couldn't get Chong to fix us any food whatsoever. Just kidding. If you know Miss Chong, you know she's, she fed us like Santa Claus. We, we, were, we were stuffed out. So uh, just a blessing of folks in our church that do that for each other. We're going to begin tonight. Let me begin in prayer, and we'll get right into the Scripture. Go with us in Scripture and so that you can retell the story chronologically how it happened, how the birth of Christ happened. Let's pray. Father God, I do thank you tonight that we have the opportunity. And Father, as we read the Word of God, there is no way we can master your Word. It's your Word. But Father, you give us uh, historical truths that we can actually look and find out Lord, how the things of our faith came about, especially the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you for loving us. And Lord, we thank you for this time just to be together as a faith family, that we could spend time reading your word uh, and celebrating, Lord, the birth of our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're not going to go back to the prophecies, but if you go back and read Isaiah, you can go back and read some of Micah, you can go back and read some of the prophets who said he was coming. So the Old Testament was like this. He was coming. And here we are in the New Testament saying, now he has come. Technically, we're still in the Old Testament in the time frame, but in your Bible, it's in the New Testament. So that's a little trivia question. If you ever have a game to play with your friends, uh, this is Old Testament time because remember Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary, 
And even Jesus had to fulfill the Old Testament law to be obedient to God. And Jesus changed the Testament or the covenant when he died on the cross as our sacrificial lamb. So when Jesus died, was buried and rose again, the new covenant took place. And the old covenant was fulfilled in a sense that Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill the prophets and the law. So tonight, as we read, we're in the Old Testament, but it's in your New Testament in your Bible. Does that make sense? Let's read together. Mike's going to start us out. We're going to go to Luke chapter 1, beginning verse 26. This is when Gabriel spoke to Mary, and she's going to actually have this encounter. Now, understand she's probably a teenager. And y'all, how many of y'all had, in, had the cases of actually telling your teenager to do something and them remembering it 100%? Well, this, this is a little bit different here. The culture is a little different. But here we are. Mary's going to be told something from God through Gabriel, and Gabriel's going to speak with Mary. I want you to notice how many times who speaks and how they speak, with the questions they ask and the statements they make, and you'll find something very interesting. I thought it was kind of funny as I study this again and again as we look through it. All right, Mr. Mike, if you would, Gabriel speaks with Mary. This is in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. So if you'll turn there in your Bibles. If you don't have one, it's on page 540 in the Bible in the seat back. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled in it, saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered, and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know what was the penalty for being pregnant out of wedlock. If you were not, or if you were betrothed or a finance, uh, a fiance to another fiance, and you were found pregnant, what was the punishment? Does anybody remember? Stoning to death. So, what was Mary focused on? How can this be? One, it's it's not natural. I've not known the man. How can this be? And she also had to be thinking, what is my family going to think? And watch what Gabriel said. Gabriel never addressed. Her relationship with Joseph, Gabriel never addressed her in-laws or her outlaws or her, her fam- mother and father. He never addressed social status. He never even addressed the law. He just said, this is going to happen. And all those things was, I want you to understand from Mary's point of view, she had to consider all those things because she lived in a culture where this was taboo. You cannot be pregnant out of wedlock. Not even taboo. This was a death warrant should it be made known to the public. And so Gabriel's focused on what? The, the title of the sermon is focused on it tonight. It's about whom? Jesus. It's about the child in the manger. So I want you to understand tonight, if you're a young lady tonight and, and you're having troubles or you're a, an older lady or you're a grandmother and, and troubles will come in this life, but I want you to understand God wants you to focus on 
keep the main thing the main thing. Yes, we have to deal with our problems. And Mary has to cross this bridge because we know that even later the Pharisees and the scribes make fun of Jesus saying, we know who our father is. They hinted to that Jesus didn't know who his dad was, um, that he was born in, in a very inappropriate way. Now we're going to go to, and Joseph obviously the same way. You're going to see his emotions. And you saw who spoke with Gabriel. Do you remember who spoke? Y'all are not very good learners. Who, he, Mike just, you didn't read very good, Mike. It was Mary who spoke, right? Mary spoke. What was her answer? What was her question? How? She wanted to know how. Now watch with Joseph and see how many times Joseph speaks back to, we think it's Gabriel, but it just says an angel of the Lord. We're not 100% sure, but we would believe it's Gabriel here. And I'm bringing the message to Joseph because Joseph has found out that his wife is pregnant. And what would you do if you found out your fiance? that you're about to marry is pregnant, what would you do, gentlemen? Most of us, we would we'd break it off, uh, we'd, we'd get the ring back, and we would go and pray and ask one, why God. Now, here we go. Joseph was a real young man. He was a teenager, probably more than likely as well. Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. The Bible, Matthew tells it because he's a tax collector. He, puts all his, he dots all the I's and crosses the T's. He says this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, or they were engaged to be married, to Joseph. And look how specific Matthew is. Jesus' mother's name was what? Mary. And Jesus' earthly father's name was? Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, or your Bible might say a righteous man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He still loved her and didn't want to see her stoned to death, so he's going to let her just go away quietly. And he would have to fund that. Verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take uh, to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What was Joseph's daddy's name? It wasn't David. Why did he call him son of David? He was recognizing that he was in the lineage of David. If you go back up, I think it's verse 16. Or I think it's verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So what was Joseph's daddy's name? Jacob. Not David, but God sees things through all of time. God sees things through his fulfilled prophecy. Do you understand his plan? So God didn't just see us here today. God sees what's about to happen uh, as if it was for us, it's yesterday past. But for God, there's no time past. There's no time present. There's no time future. God always is. So when he calls him son of David, he's looking through the history of time, our time, and saying, listen, you are of the lineage because there has to be one coming who is going to sit on the throne of David. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. Or I'll continue. Let me pick back up in uh, verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, uh, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, that's very specific, and you shall call his name what? Jesus. Now, we know he's be called Emmanuel. We know the other prophecies. We'll continue. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they, will call, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him 
and took him uh, took to him his wife, and he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And guess what? He called his name Jesus, just like just like he was commanded to do. It took a lot of courage. It took a lot of uh, uh, belief. It took a lot of righteousness, if you will, to do what was told of him because he couldn't get past Gabriel or the angel speaking to him. So now Derek's going to take us over to where Mary speaks with Elizabeth. We're going to go back to our story in Luke chapter 1. And watch what happens. Mary finds out that Elizabeth is uh, pregnant. Mike just read that. She couldn't have a child. She's very uh, late in years. She's past menopause. She's past the late stages of life. And here we go that she's now pregnant. And Mary's going to quickly go to her house. And let's listen together. All right, I will be reading from Luke chapter 1, 39 through 56. So Luke 1, 39 through 56. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke out to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Beautiful passage here, and I won't speak much on it, but other than see that Mary is speaking to Elizabeth, and then Mary goes right into a song or to a prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ, about the Lord Jesus Christ, and to God. She brings magnification to the name of God, saying, how can this be? And then she goes from, how can this be, to let it be. She was actually, not the Beatles tune, but she was actually uh, telling the Lord, this is actually something that's been very special in my heart. Why was I chosen? And she was chosen, and we understand this to be part of her story and Joseph's story. Did you notice when I read, what did Joseph say? Nothing. Joseph never speaks. Mary speaks in both occasions right now. Elizabeth is speaking. We only know what Joseph thought. He thought to put away Mary quickly. We only know his actions, that he did what was right and holy, and he wanted to do what was right for the Lord Jesus. Did you, it's hard to think about that Joseph and Mary, both as Mary gives birth to Jesus, but also as Joseph is his earthly dad, we would say not really a stepdad because she wasn't divorced, but an early dad that both Joseph and Mary had to put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's pretty hard to imagine and think about. All right, so now we're going to move over to the angel's going to speak, and then the heavenly host is going to light up the sky with the shepherds. Let's read that. Mike's going to read that for us. An angel of the Lord, Luke 2. Luke chapter 2. 
And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The first instance took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary and his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, we're, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told them. We'll continue. And I want you to see the specifics of the, uh, sorry, specifics of the detail of the story. Where was Jesus to be born? In Bethlehem. And it's also called, you know, the actual name of Bethlehem. What is the Hebrew meaning in Bethlehem? Place of bread or house of bread. And Jesus is also called what? The bread of life. That's exactly right. So as you see this, as God's story unfolding, we can see it unfolding through time. But we're also going to actually think about it from God's perspective that this was, who was it all about? It wasn't about Mary and Joseph. And it wasn't about Elizabeth and her husband. It wasn't about the place necessarily, even though all those are specific details. The whole story is about what? It's all about the babe in the manger. It's all about Jesus. Now let's continue. These are folks that sometimes are left out of the Christmas story. I want to include them. Uh, they're very important because Jesus at this point does not have a name. Did y'all know that? He's been, Joseph has been commanded to name him Jesus. But at this point, he's between zero and eight days old as far as living on this side of the earth, right? He was nine months in his mother's womb, very much alive when in the mother's womb. But up to eight days on the eighth day, that's when a young Hebrew boy would get his name and face circumcision. And let's go through verse uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Very much an important part of the story because Joseph, throughout his encounter with Gabriel or the angel of the Lord and with God himself, uh, when the angels come, when he engages with Mary, and I thought about it as uh, we were watching The Messengers. Anybody watch that, the, the story on, on the, the Chosen, The Messengers? Anybody see that? Thinking about Joseph, who was a righteous young man, who was a virgin young man, never known a woman, and then also as Mary being a virgin young woman. Joseph had to deliver that baby. You imagine how much stress there was between her having to allow Joseph to, to deliver and Joseph having to actually deliver the nervousness and the first encounter of, of no one's ever seen me uh, that's not in my family without clothing on. So that encounter was 
very much a humbling experience for both of them that they had to face right there. And it was a lot of turmoil. But I want to tell you tonight, it wasn't about the social turmoil that they faced or the interpersonal relationships they faced. It was all about whom? The baby in the manger, Jesus. That's exactly what it was focused on. God had a plan to get past all the social stigmas. God had a plan to get past all the personal issues they might have had or might have the, the secret things they might have had or the embarrassing things they might have faced. God wanted them to see that he had a plan and a purpose, and it was to get to the babe in the manger, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So look, let's get to verse 21, Luke chapter 2, verse 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was get called, what does your Bible say? Jesus, because the name given by the angel before he was circum, uh, conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was a just and devout it was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a word, a sword will spe uh, pierce through his own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Verse 36. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher, and she was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child, that's Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I want, to see, I want you to see just really quickly there in the temple, who do we see in the temple at least? We know there was obviously the, the priests, the Levites were there, those who would actually work in the sacrificial system. So they, Mary and Joseph had to engage, or Joseph and Mary had to engage with those people because Joseph would have been the spiritual leader in his house. He had to engage with those, those men, but he also engaged very much with Simeon and he engaged with Anna. And God had a word for them. So even in their old age, Simeon was waiting for what? He was waiting to see Jesus and then do what? Die. So in his old age, and, and Anna is older. She's in her 80s plus, and she's waiting to see Jesus, and she has an opportunity to see Jesus. And then in her older age, what is she going to do? Her husband has died young, when she's been lived most of her life without her husband. And yet God, through that widowness and through even Simeon, we don't know his relationship in marriage, but through that time, 
they had their own troubles they had to deal with. I'm sure there was days of poverty, days of stress. But guess who they, the story, they're in part of the story. Guess who the story is all about? It's all about Jesus, the babe in the manger. So do you see yourself here today, a young woman, a middle-aged woman, an older woman? You see yourself in retired age. You see yourself as a young man not knowing what to do, maybe in trouble. I want you to understand your life is about the babe in the manger who grew to be a man to, to, to die on a cross, to take away your sins so that you might be free. And he really was buried and he really did rise again the third day. And we're, we're talking about the living Lord Jesus. This kind of excites me. And hopefully it excites you because the story can get so old because we're so used to it if you're not careful. But get to it and understand it's not about your life. Your situation in your life, it's very important. God knows about it. But your situation is really, if you get your mind off yourself just for a moment, even if you're dealing with diseases or if you're dealing with troubles, if you get your mind off yourself and get your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, he'll see you through. Because, listen, you're part of his story. Amen? The church of God is part of his story because he died to, that we might actually live and we might live eternally. So Derek's going to finish up here with Matthew chapter 2. We won't finish tonight because for the sake of time. But I want you to see kind of how God brings the story so that we might understand it. We put it in pictures or in, in, in narration form so that we can actually understand it, that God had a plan and we could see his plan happening through so many different people's lives. Now watch this. These are complete strangers are going to be brought into the Christmas story. And here we are tonight. All right, I'll be reading from Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem was with him. And when they had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring word back to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Let's do a wrap-up really quick. So far, who do we have in the Christmas story? We, we call it the Christmas story, the birth of Christ. So Jesus is the main thing. Would you agree? He's the main topic of the story while we have a story, while we have a church, while we worship. But let's think about who's involved. Let's name them off. Let's, let's see if you're good listeners tonight. Who's, who's in the story? Gabriel the angel. Mary, of course, the mother of Jesus. King Herod. Shepherds. How many shepherds? We don't know, but the shepherds. A Joseph. Elizabeth. 
Anna, Simeon, Zacharias was there because she went into his house. That's correct. Well, John, of course, John's getting it from uh, probably from Mary. He's, he's writing it down for us. Or, or Matthew's writing it down for him. Luke. Who else? The wise men. Larry, Moe, and Curly, right? We, know, we, don't know who, we don't know their names. But we know we're wise men that came from the east, possibly trained by Daniel themselves, because why else would they come? Because they said, we're looking for the king of the Jews. They were smart enough to go to the capital city, and when they were in the capital city, that's when King Herod knew, the prophets and the scribes knew. We don't have their names. They told King Herod and the wise men where Jesus was to be born. Here's, a, here's just a kind of a thing that makes me wonder, like, just out of curiosity's sake, why didn't they go? Why didn't King Herod go for himself or follow the wise men? Why didn't the shepherds, I mean the scribes and the, the Pharisees, the, the ones who would write the Bible themselves, that knew where he was to be born, why did they not go? And I want to tell you, I, want, I think this is the truth, and you can check it. Maybe you can pray about it. I don't know. The very From the most religious people, the scribes and the Pharisees, they knew all about Jesus, but they refused to go meet him. They did not make him the main thing. They, they loved their job and their position more than they loved the coming Christ. Even later, their sons or those men that would follow them, they mock Jesus and say, we know who our father is. They mock him out of, of his birth. But I want you to see those shepherds, those lowly shepherds who didn't have anything but stand out in the fields with those swaddling clothes, right, they, had, they would wrap up their lambs with. They were the shepherds who kept the sacrificial lambs. They had something to look forward to. They were looking forward to every year. So many millions of lambs, or over the years, millions, I'm sure, were sacrificed. And there was one that was said by the angels, the sacrificial lamb, the Christ has come. Go see him. And they hurried, the Bible says, down to see him. So let me challenge you tonight in God's story. In the Christmas story, we're singing with family, we're eating good food, we're singing funny songs, or or we're doing funny games. Who knows what we're going to do as a, as a family together? Or it might be by ourselves this year. No matter your circumstances, it can be heavy and hard. We know there's people lost, they've lost loved ones. Some of you are going through it right now. But God is with you. The Bible says, listen, Emmanuel came to be at one place at one time. He could only move wherever Joseph and Mary took him, right? He could only be where he could walk by himself. But he said, I'm going to go away. When he rose from the dead, he said, well, I'm going to go away, and if I go away, who am I going to send to you? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the one who brings comfort, the Counselor, the one who gives counsel, the one that will tell you what I want you to know, the one that will lead you in the right path. In the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll do what? This is the same God. He'll make your paths straight. So, I'm sorry that you're having tough times this Christmas if you're having tough times. I'm sorry for some of the bad news I've heard from some of your families. It does break my heart. But here's the good news. Listen, through the bad news, through the happy times, through the sad times, through the missing and the loneliness, whatever it might be, I want to tell you God's with you if you've given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, listen, I want to invite you this Christmas season. There's no better time than to settle it with God, saying, God, if you're really real, would you make yourself known to me? And receive him as your Lord and Savior. Read these words again. And if you'd like a copy, we'll give you a copy or email it to you. Share with your loved ones. Share with your friends. Even with those of your enemies. Because listen, the story of Christmas was shared with King Herod. And he was the enemy of everyone, right? He loved himself. He killed his own family. This man was evil. But 
The king of the Jews was told, that's what his title was, that the king of the Jews had come. The wise men told him. And then even the scribes and Pharisees said, yes, our book says, our holy word says, he's to be born in Bethlehem. So even Herod knew, and he walked away from the truth. Simeon knew, but what did he do? He trusted the Lord. He obeyed God. And we know that Joseph, he had a lot in this. We'll talk more about him tomorrow. He knew and he put his faith and trust in everything that God said. Some of us tonight said, well, if an angel would speak to me, I would respond. Well, can I encourage you that an angel has spoken, but even greater than the angels is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mike read last week in Hebrews 1, in the past God spoke in all kinds of different ways, through the prophets, through the angels, circumstances, through burning bushes, through lightning from heaven. But in these last days, he spoke it through his son, Jesus Christ. So listen, if you want to hear from God today, ask him. Invite his son, Jesus Christ, to be your Lord and Savior. And ask him to change your life. And guess what he'll do? He'll change your life. And then he will, in turn, walk you through life. He'll make your paths straight. All right, something for the kids. I want us to pray. And Miss Krista, I know we got a very serious song, right, to sing out of here. So I want to sing, happy, can you sing happy birthday to Jesus for the kids at the end? Can we do that at the end? After we sing, we'll finish up with happy birthday and Jesus won't be embarrassed. How about that? I know it's very, everybody, sometimes it's like, let's be very serious in church. I got pinched when I was in church trying to talk to my mother uh, growing up. So don't pinch your kids if they're making the squirmy noises or want a piece of gum. Uh, but we're going to sing together and have fun. And sing as we go out of here, let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and bring glory to our Father which is in heaven. So let me pray as the praise team comes. Father God, I thank you for these men that, that uh, Lord, we can actually open your word and read together your holy word. I thank you for this church and for our family, uh, those that, uh, Lord, we have a thousand questions about what we don't know. And Father, I'm thankful that you give us the information that we need to know. Thank you for the praise team. Thank you for the media team. Thank you for everyone that helps tonight that we might get the word out that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, King of kings, and Lord, he's alive today forevermore. And we can have eternal life with you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.